a prophetic song that is. Fling wide the gates of the King of Glory in. That's enough said this morning. Let him in. He's here. We didn't even have to let him in. He just, he was here before us. How are we supposed to come into the house of the Lord? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and praise. And I want us, as we always do, we want to welcome the Lord in this morning and, and we want to, I want to hear praise, okay? What is the greatest weapon we have, a greatest tool we have for praise, I should say? Tongue. Our voice. Our voice. And so we should be raising our voices to the Lord in praise. He's so worthy of praise. He's so worthy of adoration. We should be ecstatically joyful for what God has done, He's doing, and He's going to do. And you know what? When we praise, we don't have to wonder if God is here because it says He's enthroned on the praises of His people. So I want to hear voices, okay? Let's let's just welcome God in. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We praise, praise your holy your name, name. We bless we your mighty name. Your name. We thank Lord. you, God, because you are Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. We give you, you honor so this morning. We praise you this morning. Adoration. We thank you, God, that your name praise is above your every name. name. Praise every name, your Father name, God. Our Jesus. knees must bow to the precious name of God, Jesus. We honor you the this morning. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. Jesus, God. We thank you. We lift up your name this morning in honor and glory. Jehovah Rapha, the God to the name of Jesus. We declare that you're Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. We praise you. We declare that you're Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. We bless you, Holy God. God. We praise you, mighty God. God, we just worship Praise you. Praise you, Lord. We love you. We adore you. We thank you, yes, Father God. Yes, Lord. We give you we honor. We bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Wow. Bless you, Lord. We also love for people to talk about what great things God has done. So we should have many people ready to run and grab this mic and Y'all say, this be is what God up. has done for me today. They should be lined up this morning. <laughs> Does anybody have anything God's done for you this week? Anything? Come on. Are you coming up here? She's coming Suzanne's up here. Suzanne's coming. She's got more than just, she's got an incredible story. You know, let me before you begin, Suzanne. I want to, you know we talk about being ecclesia, and what that means is we go outside these doors and we become the church. We become the living church, not just a, something sitting on the corner. So last week I took my dog for a walk like I always do, and he loves being outside in the fresh air. So he came back, and I sat outside because it was a real nice day. So I'm sitting outside in the lawn chair with the dog, and all of a sudden, up the street and across the grass in front of me, and I said, hi, how you doing? He goes, okay, I don't know. He comes over, and he's all upset. He starts talking to me a mile a minute about looking for his cousin and not being able to find him. He's in, he lives in a different town, and he was here last night, went to the store, and doesn't know how to find where his cousin lives. And he asked me if I knew where 5367 was, and I didn't, I didn't know where he was talking about. So anyway, he's going on and on, and I could tell that he was distraught, and he was lost, and he was probably high on something. Because he was talking so fast and looking all around. And anyway, I said, how can I help you? He said, well, I don't, can I use your phone? I said, sure. So I gave him my phone. So, and the sun had gone down, and it was starting to get a little cool. And he just had a T-shirt on. I was sitting out there in a sweatshirt. He was wearing a jacket. So I said, why don't you sit down and see if you can call who you need to call? So he starts going nuts on the phone, trying to call all these people. And 
downloading his messenger app and doing all this stuff. And <laughs> so I give him my jacket. I said, here, you look cold. Take my jacket. So he's sitting there with a the jacket. So I go inside and I get him a piece of cake because I was like, <laughs> didn't know what else to do but be hospitable. So in the meantime, I get my husband who was inside. I said, Todd, there's a young man outside, and he's lost. I said, do you think you could come out and help him? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe we could drive him around in the car and see if the neighborhood looks familiar and he can find this place. So Todd comes out. I go in to get him. So he said he didn't want the cake. He just wanted crackers. So I get him crackers and a water. And So I bring that outside. In the meantime... Todd had offered to take him home because he lived in another city, about a half an hour away. So we go together to drive him home. In the meantime, we know we're going to miss prayer. We usually come for Saturday night prayer, and I thought, you know what? I guess it's more important to be out here, be in the church, than to go and be at church. That's right. So in the meantime, the whole way home, he's talking a mile a minute, chattering, chattering, chattering. And I had only probably asked two or three questions the whole time he was there. And one of them was, well, do you have any family in the area besides your cousin? Well, he just spilled his whole family story on me. And what a tragedy, a tragic life that he has had, especially in the last two years Um, Both his parents died in the same year. He was going to college and ended up leaving college because his mom was on kidney failure. She had had a kidney transplant like, I don't know, 13 years ago or something, and they only guarantee them eight to 10 years. So he was grateful. In talking, I could tell that he knew the Lord, or at least he was raised knowing the Lord. He was probably about 25 um, in his story. I don't know how much of what he told us was the truth, but he lost both his parents. He had a girlfriend. She got pregnant and lost the baby. Twice this happened. So basically he said, I'm all alone. I have nobody. My parents are gone. My girlfriend's gone. My children didn't make it. So he's living basically with his friends here and there and everywhere and was in... Concord looking for his cousin because two weeks ago he got out of jail and is now homeless. So for the last two weeks, in all the rain and the cold, he had been homeless, sought out his cousin to try to find him. And in some of his comments were like, praise the Lord, or God only knows, or whatever. So I thought, okay, he knows something about the Lord. So the whole time he was talking, I'm like, I am not going to let this young man out of the car until I have a chance to minister to him. So when we got to the location he was staying, he was living with some woman, helping her repair her house um, for room and board. So he he had a place to stay that night and he had gone to a interview and was supposed to be starting at Walmart in the next few days. And so things were finally looking up for him. But in his talk, he was in a place where the last two years of my life, I don't know what to do. 
I, I have no reason to live. I have nobody who loves me. So all this information I got from his talk, I said, okay, I need to remember all this to be able to minister to him about what he just shared with me. So before he left, I talked to him about starting each new day, that each new day was a new opportunity to see the glory of God revealed in his life. That every new day, even if you blow it, even if you miss it one day, don't beat yourself up and call yourself lost. Start the next day afresh all over again. And I told him to remember that he can't do it by himself. He said, yeah, I know, I need to rely on my friends. And I said, no, don't rely on your friends. I said, rely on God. He said, oh, I know, I need to do that more. I said, and you need to find yourself a church. And you need to get in the word because God loves you. He said, I know that, I know that. And at that time, he started to tear up. And so I encouraged him a little bit more because that's what I am. I am an encourager. And before he left, he said, thank you so much. Thank you for reminding me what I need to do. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So for us, missing church that night, it was a no-brainer. You didn't miss church. We didn't, I was just going to say, <laughs> we, we might have missed prayer, but we didn't miss church. The opportunities are out there. They're out there. Don't forget that God makes divine appointments. Take them. Take I want them. us to pray for this young man. What's it? Do you know his, his first name? It doesn't Dylan. matter. Dylan. Dylan. I was thinking as you were saying you fed him cake, I'm thinking, well, that's like feeding a stray cat. If, if Todd cooked the cake, that is. I mean, that he's going to be coming back and coming. I oh, know, he'll be moving. My, I'm going back to the cake house. <laughs> but we, let's stand and just, uh, let's just join in agreement with Dylan. You know, sometimes the people that God sends to us aren't the people that look the best, smell the best, act the best. You know, we want them to get all cleaned up. Then we want to bring them into the church and get them settled. You know, that's not the way it works. We're supposed to go out into the world and make disciples, right? So why would we think, you know, sinners are going to act like sinners. And when I was a sinner, I, the last thing I wanted to do was come to church. I can tell you that. It was not in my, it was not on my agenda to come to church on Sunday. So sinners are going to act like sinners, but Christians need to act like Christians. And that means we go out and we birth into the kingdom. So we want to pray for, honey, I want you to pray for Dylan. Father, we lift up Dylan now to you. Lord, only you know where he's at at the moment. But we thank you, God, for this divine encounter with him just a couple weeks ago, Lord. God, it may have been something that saved his life. We never know, but seeds were planted. And God, we praise you to put people in Dylan's path every day throughout the week that will accelerate this path toward finding you in a relationship with you again, Lord. So open up doors for him, for work. For, for friends that are good people, that are influencers in his life, that can be godly influencers. But most importantly, God, let your Holy Spirit minister to him. Throughout the day, as he sleeps at night, Lord, let your spirit just minister to Dylan and open up his heart, Lord, for you and the many things you have for him. Lord, we lift up all the Dylans that are out there. We call them Lazaruses, God. We're calling them out of that tomb of death, out of those old dead clothes, the grave clothes that they've been wrapped in. Father, we call forth those Dylans, Lord, to come out of the grave and into the kingdom of God.
Father, I thank you for the, the people like Suzanne and all of the body of Christ, Lord, that's out there touching lives and, and healing the sick and casting out demons and bringing revelation knowledge of you into the lives of people. Father, we also know that we, we work with those that you are drawing. No one comes to Jesus unless the Father first draws them. And Father, we thank you for drawing people, drawing Dylan to, to Todd and Suzanne's house. Father, that wasn't just happenstance. Father, that could have been an angel unaware. I don't know, but we just know, Father God, that your heart is for people, all people. So thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. And thank you for allowing us to pray for Dylan. Thank you, Lord. We just declare Dylan a part of the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, anybody else have an awesome testimony of what God has done? I'm looking for Wayne Parks. Where's Wayne Parks? I want you to share what you did with me before church. Come on up, you can... We'll make Wayne wait. Oh, Melissa's got a testimony. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I know, I am pulling everybody. So, um, for those of you that may have seen it on Facebook, yesterday we took our youth out. Um, we have started planning um, outreach events. We are teaching them and getting them to understand what ecclesia means. You know, because when they're sitting in here or they just hear that word, it's just a word that they hear. It's just a word to them. And so getting them to understand it and actually going out and doing it. So we had the opportunity yesterday. We took our youth group over up to the coffee shop. They were so receptive of us. Um, they actually had given us sleeves and we had written messages on the sleeves um, for them to use on the coffee cups and everything. And, and, after our debriefing, you know, they just talked about, um, there was, you know, probably what, maybe two incidences where maybe the people weren't quite as receptive as what others had been. But I would say in the whole, um, I think they were able to see, you know, how people will receive. Um, and a lot of people, you know, nowadays people call it paying it forward. We call it loving on people, loving on people. And that's what the whole thing is, is to get them to understand that, you know, it's just being kind to someone. And, you know, a lot of them, they, and it was a struggle for them, you know, because kids, they're not, most of the time, kids are not ones to be outreached. You know, they don't want to talk to anybody. You know, they kind of want to, you know, stay on their phones or whatever. But um, but anyway, did, did, do y'all have anything you want to share? I <laughs> so so to just explain so everybody knows where we're at we took the kids to the coffee shop and we had told the people at the coffee shop that we wanted to pay for everybody's coffee for an hour and she said well it's slow right now but hopefully business picks up well it did it was awesome we probably had I don't know, maybe even 50. I'm not sure how many people came in in that hour, but it was a good 30 to 50 customers that came in and the kids took turns going up to the register after they would order and said, is it okay if I take care of your coffee today? And for the most part, people were just so blessed by that. They were like, thank you. Like, where are you from? Or why are you doing this? And so we coached the kids. If somebody asked why to let them know, because they matter and we wanted to bless you. And, um, it was awesome. And little things like that 
sometimes people hear the word outreach and they get so bogged down by it because like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But, but like Melissa said, outreach and being the church, being Ecclesia is loving on people. However that looks like. So it's blessing somebody with coffee or it's taking them home and encouraging them in the car or it's giving them a hug and letting them cry on your shoulder and praying for them. Whatever loving on people looks like and everybody is different. So everybody has different needs and everybody receives love differently. So don't get bogged down by the word ecclesia or outreach. Start small. Ask the Lord, what can I do today wherever I'm at to just love on people around me? And um, it was an awesome experience. And we did have maybe two Two or three people that said, no, that's fine. They were, they were not willing to receive the blessing. They felt uncomfortable because maybe they didn't understand it. And they might've had a wall up because they might've not been shown love like that before. But I'm believing that even those people that didn't receive it that day, that that was a seed planted, that there are people out there, especially in this next generation that really care and love about people and want to do something good for them. And so I'm believing it was a seed planted. And we told the, we told the kids, don't get discouraged by just those one to three people that didn't want the blessing or didn't receive it, or maybe came off. They had this rude personality about them. Don't let those couple people ruin the whole time that we got to minister just by doing acts of service and acts of love. So it was very powerful. It was very powerful. Amen. Praise God. Hey, if you guys are going to be there next Saturday, I, I mean, I'd like to order something, you know, maybe somebody can pay. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so last night we had prayer and it was powerful. It was seriously powerful. Um, and so on the 27th, pastor, um, pastors, we're going to have prayer outside at Frank List on the 27th, between 3 and 5. And so we're hoping you guys can join us. It won't just be prayer. It, it will also be ministry. And it's going to be great. You know, we're going to take, take church outside the walls. Are you good with that? I mean, it's supposed to be outside the walls, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, that's, that's what we're doing. And I just thank God for it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a blessing. All right. Okay. Thank you, Wayne. I, th- I thought church was just coming to a building, getting some goosebumps and hearing some good songs and Doing saying, songs, wow, that was really good. Let's take go up home. The offering, we got to go to lunch real fast. Is that not church? No. Okay. Checking. That's organization. Church is touching people. Thank all of y'all for being Ecclesia, for the ones that shared, but all of you are Ecclesia every day. You will impact more people this week than most churches in a city will impact because you've got direct impact to dozens of people throughout the week. Just be the real church, and you are. I want to also give a testimony. Last Sunday, you know, we presented a need for the um, Moy Bridge in Kenya, they needed $3,500 to put stairways uh, in the house and also walls. So we needed $3,500. Well, we between 
you know, the, you that, that were here and our online people that, that aren't here, uh, we, we fulfilled that whole need. We said, so we sent a check, we sent a check Monday for $3,500. And Pastor Elijah is going to be sending us pictures when the stair, stairway's built. It, but you saw the picture, the little video he sent. They, the girls literally have to get on a ladder to get to the second floor, which is dangerous. And so I was so thankful. And you know, you're, you guys also are the ones that put the roof on the house, uh, back in July. That was another five or six. I mean, we just love the way you give and you care for people. And whether you know them or not, these people are across the world, but you know, it's a home for little girls that are being mutilated. And so it's a protection for them and also a place of education. So we're, we're changing generations by a dollar bill, right? Literally. And we were saying, we were talking that we, you know, it's, it's a shame that a child would be violated like that and it only takes a dollar bill to prevent it. So I just thank Impact Church uh, here and the ones that are online. We got about half of it here and half of it from our church online. And I just, I just appreciate you guys giving. God is so good. He's so good. You know, it takes money to reach people. And some people say, I didn't take money. Yeah, it takes money to send money to Kenya and change 30 girls' lives and protect them. So it takes money. It takes the ability to to make money. Next Saturday afternoon at four thirty, the Business Insight Group is meeting in the church prayer room study. I want all the entrepreneurs in here to be very, very wealthy, so you can be taken care of, and we never see a need that we can't meet immediately. And that's really what it's all about. God blesses us to be a blessing, right? Not to hoard it up. But we talk about and you guys know that you're such givers. Pastor Zach has a video announcement, and then we're going to continue with worship and praise. I keep telling you to stop sleeping under the table, but it's comfy. And I ate a whole burger earlier, and it made me tired, and now my stomach feels like this guy. Why do we have him again? my friend. Anyway, we have some announcements for you today, such as a Bible study every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And are you crying? Anyway, also, reminder to the ladies, the Gentle Sisters group, you have a box at the back. Please make sure to check that for notes. And also, don't forget to put notes in there in case you need, if you feel led to. And anyway, uh, do you have announcements for us? Yes, March 5th, Friday at 7 p.m., we're going to be watching Woodlawn. Don't know what that title's supposed to mean. Sounds like a lumberjack's front yard. Other than that, you can check out the links to our website and uh, social media below. They'll be adding that in post. And now he has to return to the motherland. All right, you guys ready to do some more worship? I, um... I feel that the Holy Spirit has been testifying in my heart that we are going to see prayers answered in a way we've never seen before. This is a day, this is a point in time to step forward in faith and reach out and touch people's lives. I believe that people's hearts are ready right now to hear the message that you matter to God, that God cares about you. People are hungry for that. So just to say that as we begin, and we're just going to lift up some some time of praise and worship to the Lord. Pull up the mountains, 
the jolly person, the cheerful person. And I feel like you are that way as well. I need to see the joy of echoing in Jesus' name. Because we are a great God. He's not dead. He's alive. And he loves to hear the praises of his people. We're not up here just as in doing it to please the Lord We see to the glory of God. Even in our practices, we don't see anybody, but we let loose for Jesus. But now, since we have people in the audience, I want to see you echo in Jesus' name. Can we echo in Jesus' name? Can you proclaim? Hallelujah! Can you proclaim? Now we proclaim Jesus' name that walls hold down Jesus' name that
what song are you going into? Waymaker? Yeah, that's good. Jesus. He's a way maker. Yes, he is. He's a way maker. Yes, he in the is. name of Raise your hand if you're up here for healing. Have you Father, Jesus. in Jesus' mighty name. Have you away, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah to the King. Thank you, God. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, God.
stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop never stop working even when i don't see it you working even when i don't feel it you working you never stop you never stop 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 Coming home, hope well not home, making a transition for rehab this week. Uh, Joy says you just want to keep her healthy. Becky Hammett, uh, we want to pray for her for she's doing well with her treatment, so we want to continue praying for that. For Gary, my brother, we, he needs a miracle. We believe in the miracle worker, the way yes. maker. Yes, Amen. He, he needs a miracle. Jesus. He told yes. us this week he wants to live. Jesus. He wants to live, so we're going to come into agreement yes, with him on that. Jesus. Aren't we glad we serve yes, a God who is a way maker? Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes, so those of you that are, that are here for healing, I just want you to put your hand on your body, wherever that represents where you need to be healed. You know what? God says he's Jehovah Rapha. That means he, he's the Lord who heals all of our yes. sicknesses and all of our diseases. Do we believe that? Yes. He says if we can believe anything, he can do anything. Yes, so, Father God, we lift up all of these people that I've called their name, the people that are here that are sick in their body. Father, I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. Lord, I thank you that every sickness must bow its knee to the incredible name of you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for manifested healing in the lives of your people. Father God, that your presence even right now is touching hearts, touching lives. I thank you, Father God. 
I thank you for full and total manifested recovery in the lives of your people. I thank you, Father God, that even if you don't have a miracle for some, you always have a plan because a plan is more at the end than the miracle. God, I thank you for the plan. I thank you for the miracles. God, we bless you. We thank you, Father God. We say sickness has to go in Jesus' name. Disease has to go in Jesus' name. It has to bow its knee. Bow its knee. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's sing one more time the way maker. Get the right key. You are here, moving in harvest. I worship you. I worship you. Believe God for that you miracle that you need today. Working in His place. I worship you, I worship you, Waymaker, you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, circumstances that bring about your will. It's God working in the midst of our situations that brings about his purposes. Hallelujah. I want you to just take a second and greet someone with a holy greet, a holy hug.
Wow, wow, wow. God is good. His presence is awesome. Good to see everyone here, and we have some visitors, but I, we have one that's not a visitor. That's, that's Pastor Jim Howard we just and his wife, Wanda. And Jim is probably one of the best, if not the best, Bible teachers. In our, and maybe one day we can talk him into sharing some things. He's an awesome, awesome man of God. We've known him for 30-plus years, I guess, now. And uh, we're just, it's such an honor to have you, Jim. Anytime, we welcome you here. Um, I said, we, we don't like much having the Howard clan here. We have Leslie and Jim Jr. and, and, uh, just need a couple more, I suppose, but they're out doing what they're supposed to be doing. They are. And I tell you, God is good, isn't he? And it's good to see and hear from the people that are online. I had one just message and say, I wish I was there hugging everybody. Well, come on. But we understand what's going on with all the COVID situations and, you know, there's just things that happen, aren't they? But you know what? In the midst of it all, God is still there. You know, we got a call yesterday late afternoon that our building is flooding. So we are flying over there, and, and I get to my office door, and it sounds like Niagara Falls in there. And sure enough, it was flooding. <laughs> Some people upstairs that had, uh, they were, they, COVID actually closed their business. They were, um, you know, skincare type people, and they were taking a sink out that they had purchased. And in doing so, they broke a water line. And, uh, so within a matter of minutes, we had the fire department, we had electricians, we had plumbers, and we had Surf Pro out there who were Surf Pro is still with us. So anyway, we're just, I mean, you know, it's just life. <laughs> life happens, right? But even in the, I told, I just said this week, I said, you know, I'd really like to get this office repainted. So I guess I get it now. <laughs> the Lord didn't have to go to quite such drastic measures. <laughs> but And sheetrock and, you know, we get in getting the whole nine yards done. Uh, yeah, I think mine had the most damage because it was directly under the water line. So literally it sounded like water, a waterfall when I was opening my door. I thought, I don't know if I want to see this or not. <laughs> but you know, in everything there is, there's, God is working in the background. I just thank God for his goodness and grace and, and, um, thank God for all of you guys and all of you that are watching. We pray for you. We love you. And, uh, I'm excited about what God is doing in our city. <clears throat> You know, it's important to be ecclesia. It's, it's, it's important that we get outside the doors and touch lives. And we raise up those Lazaruses, right, that are dead in their grave clothes from sin. And, and I tell you, God has helped us to do that. And we're so thankful for that. So thankful for the every opportunity, every what seems like happenstance. It's not really happenstance. God has orchestrated and divinely a, arranged for these these meetings to take place. And and so I'm, I'm just really thankful for that. And you know what? We may never see them in this church, but that doesn't matter if they're in the kingdom, right? That's what matters. And sometimes we might want to say, maybe they need to go somewhere else. 
you know, if, if, if we, if we're not for them, you know, the main thing is we got to get outside of this little, you know, building on the corner and get outside the doors. But the purpose of the church is to equip the saints to go out and do the work of ministry. That's the purpose of the church. It's not, it's not for other things. So (laughs) Duke is laughing. Anyway, so I woke this uh, one day this week and I had this phrase in my mind and this was the phrase simply gospel. Now, I love Simply Southern. How many ladies like Simply Southern in here? I, every time I go to a, a, a mall or something that has a Simply Southern uh, discount store, I go in and I purchase something because I just love the Simply Southern. Well, this is Simply Gospel. I thought about getting some T-shirts made that says Simply Gospel. And, you know, sometimes we forget how simple the gospel really is. And, you know, I, I think we forget that it's it's... It's so simple because we've attached a lot of rules and regulations and requirements to it that God doesn't even require. You know, we've been reading through the book of Leviticus this week. How many is waiting to get through the book of Leviticus? Oh, God, get me through this book. But I'm telling you, when I read the book of Leviticus, it makes me so appreciative for what Jesus has done. Really. It makes you appreciate the gospel. It really does. I'm just, Duke, I'm so glad you and Ron aren't cleaning blood and guts and all this up off the Thank God for that. So, uh, we're, but we're so thankful. But, but the object of what my purpose in this message is, is to help us to see the power and the importance and the simplicity that's found in the gospel. Every one of us is supposed to be carriers of the gospel. But see, we have this, we have this teaching, thinking, whatever you might want to say, call it whatever it is, that you have to have a certain level of qualification. You do have to have a certain level of qualification. It's called the anointing. That's the level of qualification you need. And, you know, you might want to, you know, well, I've got a Ph.D. in this or I've got a M.D. in this or whatever. It doesn't matter. Have you been anointed by the Holy Spirit? That's what matters. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've, we even sometimes will take the, the book of the Word and, and attack people with it, you know, because they're not doing this or not doing that, and we'll beat them over the head with the gospel. Anybody ever been a victim of that? No, I'm not going to ask you if you've been a perpetrator of that. But... uh but we also know that in the scripture, there's a thing called the, the distorted gospel or the doctrine of demons. And that's found in 1 Timothy 4, 1. We've, we've talked about that in the past, but, but uh, we, don't, we want the pure gospel. We want the gospel that Jesus brings. And the gospel is so important that Jesus told his disciples to go into the world and let everybody hear the gospel. So when Suzanne was talking about uh, Dylan, was that his name, Dylan, he qualifies this guy that's out here on Cabarrus Avenue every morning walking in circles talking to himself qualifies. But see, the power of the gospel carries enough power that we can help that person if he would be willing to receive. So it's a very important gospel. And so the word gospel means what? Good news. Just good news. That's all it is is good news. You think, well, can't you make it a little more sophisticated than that? Can't you make it a little more, you know, uh, technical than that or theological than that? No, it just means good news. Just good news. And so what does the Bible tell us about the gospel? First of all, it tells us a lot of things, and these are just a few things it tells us. Mark 1, 14, Jesus came proclaiming the gospel. That was his message, proclaim, proclaiming the good news of God. Well, after reading Leviticus, I'm telling you the gospel is good news, right? It is really good news. And then in Mark 1, 15, we are told to repent and believe in order to receive the gospel. So, there, you know, there's something we need to do. Mark 3, uh, 13, 10, we're told that it has to be preached in all the nations, not just the U.S., not just Africa, not Kenya, not India, everywhere. Every, every people group is really what that's saying. 
Acts 14, 7, it, it tells the disciples said they continued to preach the gospel after the resurrection. Uh, Luke 9, 6, I said the, the disciples preached it everywhere they went. Everywhere they went. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, Paul's assignment was preaching the gospel. That was his assignment. Uh, Galatians 1, 6, and 7, there's only one gospel of Jesus. 2 Thessalonians 2, 14, we're all called through the gospel. 1 Peter 4, 17, it requires a bit. There's so many things that we could have said. But it was the message of Jesus is, is access into the kingdom of God. And it comes to repentance and faith. How many are excited about being a, 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 have the ability to access and to be a partaker of the kingdom of God? Do we understand what that even means? The kingdom of God is where his rule and his will reigns. It's where the power of God is present and where the enemies can't trample into the kingdom of God. They can't even trip into the kingdom of God, can they? And so it carries with it an inherent power that can transform people's lives. How many? Is there anything else you can think of that just by receiving one little message and receiving Christ that your whole life can be turned upside down? How many of us had radical conversions? I had a radical conversion. I mean, it went from dark to light. It went from black to white. It, you know, it went from pitiful to good. So it's, it's the only thing, and it's just by simply receiving the message that God is good and God loves us and God has a plan for our life, and we can be a partaker of the kingdom. So the gospel message is that God's kingdom is here when? Now. His kingdom is here now, and there's, and we have to, there's a way that we, the only way we can get into the kingdom, and I mentioned this a minute ago, is through repentance. And Mark 1.15 says, The time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near which means accessible if you look that up. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So there's a lot of people that are walking around today that do not partake of the kingdom of God, the blessings and the promises that are in the kingdom. Right? What are the blessings of the kingdom? Health, prosperity, peace, all of these things. Those are, those are the blessings. Those are the characteristics of God's plan, God's kingdom. And so when we're living outside of these things for whatever reason... We're not partaking of the kingdom blessings. And there's a lot of reasons we don't want to, you know, dumb it down. to where, Repent and believe. It just, that's it. Repent and believe. Mark 1, 15, again, in the Passion, listen to this. It says his, this, his message was this. At last the fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. That was the good news. Hey, guys, I'm coming. I'm bringing a kingdom. I'm bringing a kingdom that's greater than sickness and disease and poverty and all the other things. I'm bringing a kingdom that's going to bring you life. And then it goes on to say, turn your lives back to God. Put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. And that's what it is. John 3, 3, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you've been born again, you can't even see the kingdom. So we see that there is that requirement of knowing God and believing God and repenting. So the gospel, the good news is that the kingdom of God has come and that the kingdom is God's dynamic involvement in the lives, the activity of people. That's what God desires. He wants to be involved in our lives. But see, we have, we have bought into a lie that says only certain people can do certain things. We're just little spectators. That is so wrong. We are so much, we're participators, right? We're not fans, we're participators. And we have to under, we have to realize that. And it says ruling in the lives of people and that it comes to repentance and faith in Christ. So we have to understand that. So just the simple gospel or simply the gospel message is that God's kingdom is available now. God's kingdom is available today. And it says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins. In other words, if you mess up, repent. That's all it is. How I many's not messed up since you got born again? Maybe since last night. 
little attitude, a little fault. You know, sometimes, you know, we were talking this morning. We had to catch ourselves. You know, we were wondering, why did they do that? It was an accident. Just an accident. You know, but what we can do when we get our heart filled with, you know, and we can become critical and, and bitter and resenting. And, you know, we know that bitterness does what? It defiles. We know that. So it says, keep turning from your sins. Come back to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Every one of you, every one of us has the ability to operate within the kingdom of God. 24-7. What do you think it meant in the book of Acts when it says that we live and move and have our being in him? Regardless of the situation, we live and move and we have our being in him. Every promise is for us at this moment in time. There's so many times, and we've talked a lot, and you know, we, we've talked a lot about how we nullify the promises of God in our life. Most times through our mouth, right? Life and death in the power of the tongue. So every believer, these are the truths. Every believer has access to the kingdom. Access to the kingdom comes through repentance. The kingdom of God is where he rules and reigns. And the kingdom of God is a supernatural realm, yet it operates within the natural. See, the kingdom of God is, is the supernatural invading the natural. See, we live in a natural world, don't we? But we should be carrying the supernatural with us. So when we go into an environment that's dark, we immediately, we're invading darkness, right? When we go into a place where there's people sick, we're invading sickness because we're bringing the supernatural. Or are we just bringing in what everybody else has got? Oh, I'm so sorry that you're sick. I'm sorry, I'll be praying for you and you never think about it, right? Oh, boy, they're too far gone. I can tell by looking at them, they're not going to make it. What do we say? Well, I mean, you know what? Look what Corona did. It shut down so many businesses. You know, we've prospered more in Corona season than we have in 30 years being in business. I'm saying God has prospered. You know, we're part of a board here in the city, and their, their income has increased more than ever before because people rise to the occasion just like you guys did last week. You rise to the occasion because you have a heart that gives. You have a heart that understands. You give, God gives back. But that's not why we always give, Right? You can't outgive God, can you, in anything? So the kingdom, we also know that our assignment is expanding God's kingdom. That's your assignment. Assignment is expanding the kingdom of God. I'm talking about simply gospel, okay? So Matthew 10, 7, and he told his disciples, and as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's he saying? He said, as you go. What does that mean? As you go simply means that as you conduct life. As we conduct life, we proclaim the gospel. As we go to the supermarket, we're carrying the kingdom of God. As we go to our job, we're, we're carrying the kingdom of God. Well, I'm not called to ministry because I'm, you know, I haven't been to Bible college and I haven't, haven't I don't have this, you know, all these letters behind my name and all this other stuff. So I'm not called to ministry. I'll just leave it up to all of you guys. Well, that's not in the scripture anywhere. And I'm going to show you in a minute how, why you are called to be a minister of the gospel. Every one of us are called to be a minister of the gospel. And so he says, as you go, now think about where you go through the week. Some of you go to school. As you go, you're to carry the gospel into the school. See, we should not have the junk going on in our schools that's going on in our schools because we just have not been teaching our kids right. There's homosexuality in the school. There's evil in the school. There's drugs in the school. There's all this other stuff. That should not be happening because our students should be so filled with the word of God and the power and presence of God. They go and they bust darkness wide open, Right? You say, that sounds fanatical. Well, it is, but we are fanatical people, right? We just happen to believe what the Word says, and that does make us a little bit fanatical, right? We just happen to believe what the Word says. That when I go into a dark place, it has to light up, right? It has to. There's no, there, I mean, unless I've got my light turned off. Jesus says you're the light of the world, right? 
He said, don't put, a, don't put a basket over and hide yourself. You're the light of the world. Carry that light everywhere you go. Touch lives. All you need is the anointing. That's all you need is the anointing. So the kingdom is expanded by pro- proclaiming as we go. And we are to be witnesses of God's kingdom in, the, in our life. That's what we're called to be. We also know that it's just simply a message of power. It's a message of power. You know, you know where the best place to start is? In your home. That's the best place to start. And we've told you before, we'll go into people's home. They'll say, would you come and pray in our home? Oh, yeah, we glad to. We go in there, our home is filled with darkness. And these people come in church many times every Sunday. And they've got all this stuff sitting on their shelves. All this, this videos, all this music, all this stuff that's glorifying the enemy. And we say, and we've said this, well, first thing to do is get rid of all this darkness. If you want, this, if you want God's kingdom ruling and reigning in your life. Well, I don't know. I told you all the story about my son who was, you know, back when he was 13, and he's probably listening to me down in Alabama. Chris, I have to tell it again. <laughs> but he, I'll embellish it, make it worse. No, but, you know, he was so hooked on all this hard rock music, which most kids are. And, you know, I was advised by my people at, at the church we were going to, oh, he's just a kid, he'll outgrow it. So God gave me a dream and showed me that it was demonic. And, and I finally had to say, this is our home. You know, if you want to listen to it, put it in your car. I guess he was driving. He was 16. He had a car. I said, put it in your car, but you cannot bring it in here. I don't think he allows his children today to listen to that music. So he's just texting you, okay? (laughs) He's an awesome man of God right now, by the way. But it's a message of power. And I want you to understand, you carry power. You carry the power that can invade darkness everywhere you go. Do you believe that? Matthew 10, 18, Jesus told his disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. Okay, well, that is that for me or is that just for the disciples? John 14, 12 says, anyone who believes, anyone who believes the same works I did, you will do. Matthew 8, 16, the evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. They cast out the spirits with what? A seance, called in 40 people. No, he just kept, in the name of Jesus, leave. Matthew 12, 28, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons and the kingdom has come to you. So we are called to be uh, filled with the power of God and to cast out darkness, to cast out demons, to heal the sick everywhere we go. That is really your calling. You ask somebody, what are you called to do? I'm called to be a, I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to be a doctor. I'm called to be a lawyer. No, that's just the vehicle God uses. You're called to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. It's that simple. And you say, well, I don't know what God's called me to do. Well, just pick something and then go heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. It's, it's simply gospel. It is really simply gospel. I don't think God cares if you're a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, as long as you are healing the sick, raising the dead, and casting out demons. Do we see if everybody just comes into the church and says, well, I'm here. No, how many, 2% of the population are going to stand behind the pulpit. The rest of the 98% are going to be healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. And, you know, it says cure those with leprosy. And I, and I was thinking about this. I said, God, well, why is that not considered with the sick? I'd never thought about this before. And so I just did a little bit of research on it. And of course, we know that leprosy represents a major sin issue. It did back then in the world, and, and, and it does that. But it represented those who were the people like Suzanne talked to. It represents those who were the untouchables. Those whose society has listed as cast, cast outs, cast offs. It's those people that the church, oh, we don't want to touch those. 
See, God has called us to release those out of captivity. So what is it you want to do? Whatever it is, do it, but just make sure when you're doing it, you're healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, bringing salvation to the lives of people. That's what we're supposed to do. If every believer understood this, the world would be turned upside down. The world would be turned upside down. Don't go and say that, oh, I've got to get you to my pastor so she or he can pray for you. You pray for them there. You might have missed a a divine moment, a divine opportunity where Holy Spirit was working or to bring that person to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that Suzanne, she didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, I got to go to prayer meeting. So uh, can you come back tomorrow? I'm I'm so thankful you didn't do that, Suzanne. She was out being the church rather than just doing church. Just doing church. So the gospel power is not dependent on how much scripture you know. That's another thing. I don't know enough scripture. Do you know one about healing? Do you know one? The Lord says that he's the Lord God who heals all your diseases. We're going to pray for that. See, it doesn't take a whole lot of knowledge. It takes a whole lot of anointing. And how do you get the anointing? By knowing God. Now, if you know God enough, you're going to know some scripture, right? But I've heard, I've had people, I just don't know enough scripture to get out and witness and talk to people. Just know one or two. I say, well, here's three or four. Let's just get, just get those in there. If you've got situations going on in your home, all you need is one scripture and one belief and one tongue and one praise, and you can get that thing out of your house, out of your children. I've been quoting the same scripture over my children for 40-plus years, now my grandchildren. And that is great as their peace, and they're all taught of the Lord. And I believe it, and I don't care whether they're acting like it or not, I'm believing it, and I'm calling it forth, Right? That's all we need to know. I don't have to go back and quote 500 verses. It's the anointing that's required. It's the God of the scripture that we need to know. And God will take care of the rest. It's not us anyway, right? If, if I think I have to know 15 scriptures in order to get you saved, Betsy, then it's all about me and not about him, isn't it? That's right. It's right. It's the supernatural invading the natural. Mark 16, 15. You say, well, that's not for me. Let me just show you this. How many in here are believers, by the way? Well, you just you just stepped right into it, let me tell you. Matthew, uh, Mark 16, 15, and 18, and he said to them, go into all the world and what? Proclaim the gospel, the good news. Go into all the world and tell them. Go to every people group and tell them. To the whole creation, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's God's promise. You have nothing to do with it. You just go do what God has said doing. The Holy Spirit's going to be there. It's him working really with you to accomplish his purposes. None of us are smart enough to do it, Right? None of us have enough to do it. I mean, without God, we're nothing. With him, we're everything. The creator of all universe lives inside of us. He has. A, he can bring things to your memory that you don't even remember that happened to you or, or the Holy Spirit or, or Scripture. See, let's let God be God and let's let us just be the vehicle God wants to use, that anointed vehicle. Go into the world and proclaim the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned or, or judged. And these signs will accompany who? The pastors, the evangelists. What does that say? I put it in red so we wouldn't miss it. <laughs> Those who believe. Now, you all said you were believers, okay? These are, this is what God expects from every one of us. In my name, in whose name? In his name. See, it's not in Donna Wise's name. It's not in Terry Wise. It's not in Deborah Cooper's name. It's in his name. He says, you're going to cast out demons. Well, it helps to get the demons out of us before we try to cast them out. I'm just going to give you a little secret on that. And that's another story altogether, okay? 
But we're supposed to be casting out demons, right? They're going to speak with new tongues. That can mean a couple of things. It can mean the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but it also means you're going to talk different. You're going to think different. Listen to this. They're going to pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink deadly poison, it's not going to hurt them. God's divine protection. Story after story of missionaries going into foreign nations and being infected with things, and their their bodies just push it away. Paul is an example, too, of shaking off the snake. Listen to this. They're going to lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. See, we go into it with a lack of faith. Well, I hope this person's going to get well. It's not up to you. All you're doing is doing what all you're doing is being obedient, simply the gospel. All we want to do is simply say, This is what the God this is the good news for you. Jesus says that I'm the Lord God who heals all your diseases. This is the good news that by my stripes on my back you were healed. That's the good news. You see, we have to carry the good news in. Amen. The simple gospel is simply love. God's love in us and for us. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40, and Jesus replied. This is when they asked, what is it that we have to do? He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. What does that look like? Is that passion? We love God with passion. Every thought we have is, a, is, is in agreement with what God wants us to think or how he thinks. You know, we were talking this week too, you know, really making disciples is all about teaching people how to think different. Because when you think different, you're going to walk different. You're going to act different. You're going to talk different. So really making disciples is Romans 12, 1 and 2. You transform them how? By the renewing of their minds with the Word of God. So we want to get people to come into agreement with the Word of God. And we're going to see that elsewhere in just a moment. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. But a second one is equally important. Love your neighbor just like you love yourself. Well, I would go pray for them, but I really don't have time. And there's a game coming on anyway. Besides... You know, I really don't have time. Or what would they think if they didn't get healed? They think I'm, you know. See, we don't love we don't love others like we love ourselves. <laughs> I'm more important than that. I just can't I just can't waste the time. I can't spend the time. He says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Everything else is satisfied. You love God with passion, and you love your neighbors, you love yourself. Those could each be a message in and of itself. Loving God with passion, how much do we love him? What's more important than God in our heart? What's more important? What's on the throne of our heart that's not God? There's a lot of things in the lives of believers that's more important to them than God. What do we? What would we not be willing to give up? What if God just suddenly yanked all of our little toys away from us? You know what I'm talking about. Well, i got to have the latest iPhone because it connects me with the world and we spend hours upon hours upon hours. And I love my iPhone, but do I love it more than I love God? See, I'm getting meddling now, aren't I? You know, we know, we all know what's more important. God doesn't care whether you have an iPhone or 10 iPhones. He could care less, but does he have your heart? God doesn't care if you have $1,000 in the bank or $10 million in the bank, but does it have your heart? See, God wants first place. It's loving God with passion. That's what's important. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. So the simply gospel message is that God's kingdom is accessible now. That's the what and the when. God's kingdom is accessible now. Do you know what that means? The how is you have to repent and believe. The where is everywhere. God's kingdom is everywhere you take it, God's kingdom should be present. Everywhere you take it. We've been in some places where it would dark, you could feel the darkness. 
I remember when we were doing some um, halfway houses and prison ministry, I remember walking upstairs in a lady's uh, halfway house, and it was like I walked through a dark curtain. It was so dense with darkness. A lot of homosexuality going on up there. Perversion was going on up there. But you know what? It didn't keep me from walking in because I just felt like I busted that darkness with the light. Right? Some of those girls got saved. Some of those girls got saved because they received. See, but what if people never go and carry the gospel? What if you never carry the gospel? Think about the people you meet that possibly will never come to a church unless you carry the gospel. Think about those random appointments as Suzanne had. We we have to make you know what you know we have to make ourselves. Sometimes we need to be a little more congenial, a little more friendly. You know, we fly in and we're doing things and we don't have time to talk to the person next to me. We need to take time to talk to the person. That might be a divine setup by God. Could be. The why is the love for God and for man. And the good news is God's incredible manifested power is present. Matthew 10, 8, and this is out of the Passion. It says, listen to this. You, believers, must continually bring healing to lepers, lepers and to those who are sick continually we need to be looking we need to have radar out for those that are sick and it says and make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people but now you're going a little far on that one you know i'll just leave that to the pastors and the evangelists no you better the pastors and evangelists may never see these people and we've done a lot of teaching on on spiritual warfare how to recognize the demonic oppression and possession and you have authority in the life to if that person has is asking you, that's another teaching altogether. I've told you too. We we pray for those who have had demonic possession, and we prayed and we worked and we worked with them. And finally, the Lord said they have to release it. So the moment I said you have to tell it to leave, that thing left just like that. She said I felt it leave my forehead. That's the only time someone said I felt it leave my forehead. Her whole countenance was different. It's real. Demons are real. The truths are that not all sicknesses are caused by the devil. Some are caused by the flesh. We need. That's when I say God has a plan. You know, God may have to give you a miracle, but then he's going to give you a plan. But God may give you the plan instead of the miracle. And the plan might be is you need to stop doing this. You need to start doing this. That might be the plan. And that could be for our health, for our finances, for our marriage, for our children, for whatever. God has a plan. Not all mental illness is caused by the devil. I think some names we've given are, are just demons that we've labeled, but some are true mental illness from many sources. And we don't want to start just labeling everyone. But the devil does use every opportunity to attack a believer. And if we are opening the door, 1 Peter 5 eight tells us that if we, he's looking for an opportunity to come in and to consume our lives. Devour is the word that is used. And that word indicates to come upon suddenly. See, the enemy is looking for an opportunity to come suddenly upon your life and devour you. That's why we tell people, clean your house, clean your mind, get rid of toxicity, whether it's people or whatever it might be, relationships, get healed. And as I was thinking about the, you know, we just finished Luke 4.18, and I want you to look at Luke 4.18, this scripture and out of the Amplified Bible. It is truly the simple gospel message. We just finished up uh, five weeks on Luke 4.18 on Wednesday night. I think it was one of the most powerful ones I've ever been involved with, and I'm teaching it, but I, I just so much, I experienced so much of God's presence and power in my own life. It was, it was incredible. But listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, who's talking here? Jesus. 
because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah. Okay, how many of you have Christ in you? As believers, we should have Christ in us, right? Does that mean then if he's anointed, you're anointed? Is, is Christ in us the hope of glory? Doesn't that mean that we have something for people because Christ is indwelling us? So if Christ is anointed, I'm anointed. You're anointing if he's living within us. Okay, and this is what he said I'm anointed to do. Remember I told you a while ago, it's not really how many scriptures you know, although we certainly believe in knowing the scriptures because we want, encourage you to read your Bible all every day. We encourage that. But don't let that be a stumbling block for you that you don't feel like you know enough because there's always somebody that wants to disqualify themselves. I don't know. I don't know scripture. I've had people say, I don't know the scripture like you do, but you know one, you know two, you know five. You know God. Begin to learn the scripture. Nobody knows everything, right? No one knows everything. Just just get to know him. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's what Isaiah tells us. So and he said, I've been anointed to preach the good news. What's that? The gospel to the poor. We've, to- we've taken this apart so many times. That's not necessarily just financial poverty, but it's poor, lacking in anything, that we're totally dependent upon God. He says, I've been anointed to give you good news. You don't have to be poor any longer. See, this is the message you and I carry everywhere we go. You don't have to be poor any longer. People come into us all the time. They're in po- you don't have to be po- in poverty if you know Jesus. The best thing can happen to you is knowing Jesus. And then it says, he has sent me to announce release to the captives. What that actually means is those who are being held away from the promises of God. He said, I've come to set them free. What are the promises of God? Everything that's in his kingdom. The promise of God is health and peace and prosperity. That your children are in the kingdom. That you live a, a happy life. That's, that's, the, that's the message of the kingdom. Does that mean you're problem free? Of course not. You're just overcoming in the problems. Problems can be a great teaching tool for us. That's how we grow many times. But see, the problem is, it might be there, but I'm going to go through it. The problem might be there, but I'm going to overcome it. That's the promise of the kingdom. That's the promise of the word. And we have to believe that. So he said, I came to release the demonic power that's lying to you and telling you you can't beat this thing, that you're not enough. That's a lie from the enemy. We need to set people free. Addiction is a major issue in our nation. Depression, anxiety is a major issue in our in our community. We see them every day. It's not uncommon to see people in their 50s and 60s come to us and say, I've been depressed for 30 years. And these people love God. I mean, why, what's going on here? Get free. I had a little girl come in this week. I was so excited because I'm, I'm starting to kind of be nosy with them a little more. than They get to see the mental health side. <laughs> So I just kind of moseyed back in there where she was. She was waiting, just having a little conversation with her. And she says, you know, I think I need some generational issues. And boy, that, I'm relieved. I thought, God really set that one up. I said, well, then we need to talk. So she's going to do mental health and she's going to get the generational issues resolved, right? See, God will set you up. And this is, if I hadn't been there, you know, I'd never known her. Never saw saw who she was or what she's, beautiful little girl. Beautiful girl, new baby, new husband. You see, there's many of those that you work with, that you live beside of, that you shop with. Many of these people are hurting, and all they've been told is, take another pill, take another pill. By the fourth pill, the, I mean, help me remember these numbers. By the fourth pill for depression, the fourth different prescription for depression, your success rate drops to about 6%. By the fourth pill. Your best solution is on pill one, and it's only about 25 or 30%. Is that right? And then it just keeps going. By the, you know, And they're doing all they know to do. 
They're doing all they know to do. But see, we have the answer for people. The answer is Jesus. That anointing. He says, a release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. That's revelation knowledge. Most people are one revelation away from victory in their life. One revelation away. That's all they need. One revelation of, of that family issue, that sickness, that financial problem. One revelation away. God says, I'm going to open your eyes that you can have my revelation. I've got the answer. And to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. That's those who have just been in the wrong place, you know, abused as children, abused as people, taken advantage of, stolen from, just broken down by life. He said, I've come that I could deliver you from that oppression. Because every time we experience one of these issues, the devil's there to give us a lie about ourselves. He wants to shape that identity from a God identity to a defeated identity. And what we are here to do is we're here to bring deliverance and to restore that person back to their God identity. That's the purpose of the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of the body of Christ. Every one of you can do it. Every single one of you. All you need, and you're all believers, you have the anointing. Stir up that anointing inside of you. Begin to believe what he says about you. Quit listening to the voice of the enemy. How many times has God said to us, you can't do this? You can't do that. You're not smart enough for this. Nobody wants to hear that. What if we'd listened? You can't start a mental health business. Well, God said do it. You can't be a pastor of a church. Well, I know, and I didn't want to, but God said do it. One, one person, I said, well, just blame God. I was happy. I was going to the beach for the summer. God steps in. I'm telling you. God, he'll, he'll turn your world upside down. And you, I mean, we were called for this, guys. Let's stand. We were called to break off bondage. We were called to bring healing. We were called to set people free. I just think about how many people, just, just you people, just the people listening. How many of you people, us people that are here, how many people will we touch this week? Let's just say all together there's 100, 150 people watching or here combined. What if we touch five people? I think the average person influences, what, six people? Okay, let's just say, it may keep the number simple. 100 people, 600 people you could influence in a week. 600 people. Multiply that by 30 by 52. That's a lot of people. We could touch the entire county. Somebody's waiting on you. Somebody needs to hear. That's why we do testimonies in here. Somebody needs to hear. I can do that too. All you have to do is be willing. You've got the anointing. Let God out of the box, okay? So I, I just want to open the altar. If you want to come and maybe you just feel like you need to just, God, I just need help. I need help. I, I know what you call me to do, but I don't feel released to do it. It's the enemy lying to you. It's the enemy telling you that you're not enough. Let me tell you, I don't care whether you're 2, 20, 80, or 90. God has a plan and a work for you to do. Every one of us. Quit allowing the devil to say you're too young or too old, too uneducated, too white or too black. You know, underneath our skin, we're all the same, right? That's the devil bringing division and strife. You're enough. You're enough. And God wants to prosper and bless everything that you put your hands to. We looked at that last week.
So Pastor Dan, we're going to open the front if you want to just come and ask God to do something for you today. He knows what you need. There's power in the name of Jesus, more power than we could ever dream, ever imagine. The name of Jesus can drive away dark thoughts, dreams. The name of Jesus can drive away demons. The name of Jesus can pronounce healing and victory. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over, over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the darkness burn like a fire your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus your name is power your name is power your name is healing your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. You know, in this nation, um, people inside the church suffer at the same rate that people outside the church do with disorders, issues. Within a 20-mile radius of Concord, there's 75,000 people in a 20 to a 60, 70 age bracket that have tried four different types of medication for depression and have failed. 75,000 people. Many of these are believers. Anxiety. See, Jesus is the answer 
peace, the hope. I don't know if any of you in here are struggling with any of those things, but I'm going to tell you, don't leave here without allowing Jesus to break them. We want to pray for you. If you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with anxiety, we're not telling you to stop doing anything that you're doing, but give Him a shot at it. And the symptoms of the medication are sometimes so bad that some people will just say, I would just assume struggle with the disease of the symptom. And I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to come. I just want you, I'm just going to pray for you. And those that are, might be watching. You know, major depressive disorder is different than just having been in the dumps one day. We all have these, sometimes these, sometimes will be a good day and sometimes it'll be a bad day. It's cycles, cycles of anxiety, cycles of depression. I told you the first scripture the Lord ever impressed upon me to memorize was Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing because I was anxious for everything. And I still repeat that to myself now when I start to get anxiety, I feel anxiety coming. Just like the my office getting flooded. Be anxious for nothing. I want a new wall color anyway. So we just have to let God be God in our lives. So, Father, you see the people. You see the needs of your people. Father, whether they're here, whether they're watching through the internet, maybe they'll watch a week from now, Father God. I know that you are present everywhere. And you are Jehovah Shalom. You're the Lord God who gives us peace. You said you'd leave us with a legacy of peace. God, I just declare that we speak the name of Jesus over depression. We speak the name of Jesus over anxiety. We break that stronghold, the lies that the enemy is telling your people. They're still stemming from past events and past traumas. God, we break it in Jesus' name. That's a lie of the enemy. We turn off the tape in the heads of people. that keeps replaying the lies of the enemy. God, we have a new life. We have a new word. We have a new way of living. We have a new excitement in life, Father God. We have you. God, I thank you, Lord, that your word promises peace, prosperity, health, and wholeness. Thank you, Father God. And Lord, we just declare that every person struggling with this sickness is healed in the mighty name of Jesus. We just got word that Destiny has COVID, so we're going to pray for Destiny and anyone else. I, several aren't here, so I don't know if they're sick or just out of town, but we're going to pray. No evil befalls us, right? No plague comes nigh our dwelling. Most people that get tested positive have no symptoms, right? We don't want to get started on all that, but we're going to pray. The Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we lift up little Destiny to you, Father. And we thank you, Father God that that sickness must leave her in Jesus' name, that she will have no symptoms. If she has any, they're gone. We thank you, Father God, that you are her healer. And we declare her healed and whole in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we also declare that that thing not spread within her household, within her family. Father, you're our healer. You're our deliverer. And we look to you and you alone. Thank you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody have anything you want to say, share? Before we leave, Larry Ellison. He's had. He, tell, tell us, Karen, about that. Where's the? Uh, I think you got a little more information than we had, Dan. 
Larry Ellison is a friend of mine, and he has been coming to Impact for, I think, almost a year intermittently. And he's struggling right now because he's been diagnosed with cancer in the bladder. He went to the hospital, the VA, and they didn't seem to be able to do the surgery that they thought they needed to do. And it feels like they don't know what to do because they want to send him to different hospitals. Anyway, tomorrow, Monday, is an important day for that, so he's asking for prayers. Okay. Pastor Dan, will you pray over Larry? For Larry. Lord God, we lift up Larry before you. We speak the name of Jesus over his life. We speak the name of Jesus over his cancer, over every fear, every anxiety, everything that is trying to attack him, body, soul, or spirit. We speak the name of Jesus. We pronounce healing and wholeness and victory and hope and power. Thank you for your promises. We thank you for your power and your word and your anointing. Amen. Amen. So we pray blessing upon everyone. May God's face shine upon you. Great favor, great success in this week. And touch someone with gospel. Amen.